0: Hey, what's up, Can't Believers and High Performers? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. Today's episode is really special for me. I wanted to invite on a dear friend who started out as a client, J.B. Clark. You You will grow to know him as a professional storyteller, as a fat advocate, as well as someone who understands what the process looks like. I met JB probably at the start of the pandemic, his wife had actually reached out on behalf of him asking, Hey, there's some things going on in my husband's life and I love him more than anything. And to be honest, how many of us have seen our loved one suffer in silence and you want to help them so vividly, but there's just only so much that you can do. So when she reached out and we finally had an opportunity to connect, one of the things that really blossomed for me inside of what would become a a really great working professional relationship into a very heartfelt friendship and bond, the one thing that really stuck out to me when I first talked to JB was he wanted to learn how to be a resident in his own body. Now. If you're someone who struggles from time to time with your own body image, how you're showing up in the world, this podcast is perfect for you. Because I've said this before in subsequent episodes, and this might trigger a lot of fat phobic weirdos out there, but regardless of your body size, peak performance and high performance is whatever that means to you. You know it inside of this podcast, inside of this pod family as how you sleep, how you move, how you think, and how you eat. But that's all relative to whatever peak performance looks like for you. And let's be honest, we all know what it means to show up at our peak. We all know what it means to show up as the healthiest version of ourselves, regardless of our body size. You'll come to find throughout our conversation that there was a, an evolution and a maturation of how he was showing up in the world and how he shows up now as a phenomenal husband, a phenomenal father, a fat athlete advocate, a professional storyteller, and one of my dearest, dearest friends. JB, if you're listening to this, I love you, brother. I, I feel like I have sought an evolution because of you, so I want to let you know, that you have saved me in a lot of ways. And our relationship is incredibly reciprocal. I'm super proud of you, brother. I'm so glad to be able to tell your story finally. This is three years in the making, bro. <laughs> uh, for all our pod family, I know you're really going to enjoy this one. You already know what to do. Let's get it. I'm embarrassed.
1: I was on camera this week. My mustache looks like this.
0: Honestly, it's a big reason why I literally, when we got here, went to Ross and got one of those like $10 like shave systems because mine was looking pretty, pretty grizzly as well. Yeah, dude. I hit it with a little, uh, little thing. I think my, my lip is so small. I got to hit my mustache like twice a week. <laughs> the mustache is the only way that you have a lip.
1: <laughs> dude, I'm like six, three with a two millimeter lip, you know? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad we pressed record because I actually wanted to argue with, <laughs> I actually wanted to argue with you uh, about this on air. Um, this is a long time. This has been a long time coming. You said that we said in Q2, which might have been one of the goals, but from <laughs> a preliminary them. standpoint, I mean, w- JB, when did we meet up? Oh, years ago. Beginning of the years. pandemic. Was it the beginning of the get- pandemic? it probably was the beginning of the pandemic.
1: We met like right like before that, time paused, which is why it feels like we've been friends for most of our lives. Forever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, JV, it has been a very very long time coming um to have you on is a absolute delight. I mean, not only just for like selfish reasons, I want to see one of my buddies and it's always great to talk to you because I always feel fulfilled after I'm done talking to you. Yeah, but I think even more so what is really great is we haven't had the chance to kind of like roll through your story and where- can like kind of put a cap you, on it? Yeah. Like where, where you are today, the pivoting process, because like- I you were and for our listeners out there you have no idea about this but uh JB is a massive reason why we have uh a lot of our messaging the direction that we're going I consulted JB we'll we'll let him talk about his credentials in a little bit as to why I consulted him but one of the things that we came up with JB this this past season just on accident was like having a bunch of people on that decided to pivot and yeah. You've pivoted in some really phenomenal ways, and at least throughout the course of our friendship, which now we've both come to terms with, it's been lifelong, and it's really only been a couple, <laughs> couple years. years. <laughs> yeah, 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 is that it's always, it's always been a process of pivoting for you, and I just I know your story, and I get inspired by it, but I don't think others do. So, all that being said, uh, I am super happy to have you on, man. Welcome! Oh to yeah, the can't believe I made it. Pod,
1: I'm stoked. I can't believe I made it on. <laughs> I want to
0: believe- <laughs> give you that, but that joke's already been taken. Oh, Shout out to Justin Spears. Yeah. Uh, it's still a good joke, though. It's still a good joke. I can't believe I made it. Um, but yeah, I mean, JB, I think a couple of really phenomenal places to start is you and I started working together, like you had said, right before the pandemic and coming into it, it's been really cool to kind of get front row to your process. Um, not only just being, you know, your your coach and, and your mentor, but also becoming really good friends and just yeah. being able to see that process. It's been really phenomenal. So I think maybe a good place to start, JB, for you is what sort of pushed you to think about getting some help.
1: Oh man, my wife, right? Uh, and we've yeah. talked about this kind of. <laughs> Often she I mean she reached out to you and connected us. Um I had just gotten to the point where I was sort of like telling a story about myself that wasn't the one I wanted to be telling. Mm-hmm. Uh or I was living a version of the you know, I was not living my most idealized version of yeah. my own story. Um and so storytelling is is something that we talk about a ton, you and I. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of my thing. That's what I do. And it was uh, you're you're kind of what helped me reframe a lot of like my health, my mm-hmm. professional priorities, my personal family priorities. In that storytelling, you know, you were one of the ones yeah. who was kind of like, "Hey, why aren't you looking at yourself <laughs> through this sort <laughs> yeah. of lens?" You know, and I was yeah. like, I, just, yeah. "I don't know. It seems complicated."
0: <laughs> so it was. I mean, I kind of think back, I actually remember the first time that we sort of sat down and we're like, you know, for any of our listeners out there, if you have no idea how the process works, anytime that someone does reach out, like I try to sit down and have a strategy session around like, okay, like I 100% will take your money, (laughs) but we want to make sure that this is a good fit because I've, I've taken on some people before that I just, it's not fulfilling for me and it's really yeah. hard. So I always try to like, not only just like vibe check, but like, hey, can I truly help this person? And what's interesting is that what I remember from that conversation, JB, is a very, very different version of who you are now. And it could have been non-verbals. Uh, deep believer here. Uh, I'm that type of weirdo that believes in energy. So like I, I, I felt at that time that the energy level was one of, I want to be living a certain way, but I don't know how to get there. And I'm pretty fucking stuck. But I don't know if I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I mean, yeah, would you I mean, say yeah. that's pretty spot on? The vibes were off. And I am 100% yeah.
1: a believer in vibes.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I So he's actually from right down the road from here. Post Malone is like, I credit with, I'm not like, a Post, <laughs> I don't listen to Post Malone, but he's like the forefather of vibe culture. And so I will always be, you know, always sort of like appreciative of that. Give him yeah. <laughs> yeah. There this family this uh family who lives down the street from where he grew up makes a ghost malone uh like concert mm-hmm. in their front yard every Halloween. That's uh, great. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the vibe, uh the vibes are off, yeah. The vibes were off. And uh so yeah, I was like pouring out a lot and then I wasn't replenishing it. I thought that I was uh I guess I thought that I was like taking time. To do what I wanted to do, but I was really taking time to do like romanticized self-destructive habits. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like nothing better than chance smoking on the front porch with a good book. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, if I did that, like if I change if I smoked one cigarette on the front porch right now, I would die. Yeah. I just like it's been I'm far enough removed from it. But uh um, You're
0: definitely you're definitely right. Cause I, I find that a lot too, because I mean, others kind of take sarcasm and and humor as a, as a coping mechanism, but I do remember that because it was, it was romanticizing things that weren't serving you, whether Mm -hmm. it was things surrounded, surrounding food, uh, things surrounding like any sort of alcohol intake or, you know, cigarettes, you know, things like that. I do remember that, like it was a, Hey, I want to change these production,
1: like creative sort of. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. It was just like, like, I want to stop
1: these things. It was a resistance to sustain balance. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious because my hockey coach, like, by the way, would not be playing hockey right now as an adult if it wasn't for like the work we did. But like my (laughs) hockey coach had me skating on one foot the other day, like after me and my therapist that day, I've been talking about how like, I'm so tired of having to do balance all the time. And then I go to hockey practice that night. He's like, all right, we're skating on one foot. And I was like, I swear. I swear, man.
0: I swear, if Desi was here, I'd put him through the just promised my boards. therapist. <laughs> <laughs> we're, I mean, JB, we're gonna get here, but I just want to give our listeners like a picture of what this looks like. Uh, I'm gonna need your, uh, your your stature credentials. You said how tall? Oh yeah, 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 It's like six three. Like, people, three people, a picture of how how big of a person it is on skates traveling extremely fast at you (laughs) yeah six
1: three three hundred pounds krang from ninja turtles it's like a giant body (laughs) meat suit with a brain
0: like uh
1: that's me i use that example all the time because like we also talked about being a resident like sort of in your body because i've always lived just in my head you know and so it wasn't Mm -hmm. until i took care of my body that i realized like oh they're super connected which like duh i
0: have a neck Oh my God, I totally forgot about the, I'm so glad that we're talking about this now because now like everything is coming back to me. That was the one thing in our preliminary conversation that you kept coming back to. Like we couldn't really paint a picture of what you were looking for outside of, hey, just I want to be a resident in my body again. Because I tend to find this a lot. And this is something that happened very early on. We talked about romanticizing habits and rituals that no longer serve you. But you were, you were like really good at that. You were a freaking ninja. Cause it was like, listen, man, I know I need to change these things, but do you know what it feels like to do X, Y, and Z and then pump out a paper and then pump out a song and then launch a podcast? Like Mm -hmm. it's great. And I'm like, the, the, the ladder sounds great, but (laughs) do we need all these other things?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's (laughs) like, you're not really getting to the launch part, big guy. You think maybe (laughs) we're burning everything down? Yeah. Uh, beforehand into a pile of ash and it's like no no that's no, just the cigarettes from last night and you're like uh, exactly yeah <laughs> so uh yeah 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 so a lot of the uh stuff we worked on was like reframing so i guess uh how i'd gotten there was um i've always had disordered eating i've always been in a big old body right since i was a kid mm-hmm. grew up on a farm in texas like i'm just a my family's big we're big people
0: yeah if you can't tell um, JB has a, a Southern draw and I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. Texas,
1: Mississippi, big
0: people, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh, big family. We're loud. We're like
1: ideological, We take up a lot of space. Like, and so that's not always, um, celebrated, uh, in culture. And when I was a kid, you know, like that's just yeah. like, you know, it was bad to be fat and gay. Luckily it's 2023. Mm-hmm. You can be both of those things in most yeah. communities and, you know, people Inclusion. are happy for you and that's great. Damn and, but Sort of like taking that, those stories back is a big part of reframing. So if I'm, if I'm, you know, fat and that's bad, right. Well, then I've got to get better. I've got to, my, I don't, you know, my body doesn't deserve to be fueled because it isn't fitting into the standards that I expect from yeah. it. I don't deserve to rest because I need to go work out. You know, it was like I was just constantly injuring myself, exercising. It was yeah. never that I like, like got so fat or whatever that I didn't play sports. Like I've always been this mm-hmm. big. I've climbed yeah. mountains. I, you know, I'm playing a hockey doubleheader this Saturday, and like I'm not worried about it. Uh, no, yeah. So like it's, it's just that size thing. So once I got over that like size piece and use it to my advantage, you know, then we're not like telling a story about punishment. Then it's like okay, like it's fine if you don't run this week three times because you bruised your tailbone two weeks ago i know you right? got a <laughs> double header to tomorrow and you're sure not gonna sit out your hockey game so like yeah don't go to the gym today like it's okay you don't have to punish yourself you yeah. know um and you so of not... that balance between like you know it's like well what if i let myself slack off it's like are you are you, is that the kind of person you are you yeah know, like no build a routine and if you need to break it, uh, that rule that day, that's fine. You know, like, that's fine. Just find that balance. And so once I could balance that story, like, oh, I'm not fat. Cause it's bad. I'm just fat. Cause I'm JB. And like my yeah. family has had, you know, like there's just generations of like all kinds of like, uh, scarcity and food trauma and stuff like mm-hmm. that goes just into, you know, uh, body size, yeah. uh, and who cares? Like my captain, you know, the other day was like hey, man, I need you to switch over to this side when we're taking face-offs in their end because I need you in front of that goal. Like, he yeah. was like five feet tall even. He's like, I don't need to be in front of that goal. I need a six. Yeah. Like, on skates, I'm like, I look like a 6'5", 400 yeah, pound. Yeah, like, big dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like, I do squats like, and run and
1: swim. Like, I'm fast <laughs> on skates. I'm not quick. I'm not quick. I got a booty. <laughs> yeah, I do. I didn't have a booty before we
0: started hanging out. You made me do so many squats. <laughs> Yeah, dude, so many. You know what's really great, JB, about you? I don't think we've actually really talked about this, but I, I feel like you deserve some flowers here. You know, having been in the career field for as long as I have, I Have just it, it, from the standpoint of nutrition and dietetics, I think oftentimes when you think about dietitian, you think, you know, first word that comes up is diet, right? And I think And I think what's been really hard working with people, especially people who consider themselves fat and obese, is that coming into it, it's like something's inherently wrong with me. Like I need to change. And what's nice about 2023 is we're actually starting to explore the conversation around like, Hey, you know, the obesity metric, it's not a tell all, like it is one piece of the puzzle. And if Yo, we just threw BMI say, out,
1: like the know, WHO just threw it out. It,
0: it's a good time, right? Praises it's a good time blessings. to be talking shit to all the people who have been going in on yeah. obesity as a choice, like all the now Dwayne monitoring. Johnson's
1: doctors can quit having to hand him that sheet of paper about weight loss every time he comes in. I, dude. Doctors can't. were legally mandated to give me like certain have certain conversations with me before they could address any other issues because of my weight. The, and it's like JB here's when I the got a doctor who quit doing that. I got a doctor who quit doing that. My blood pressure went down immediately. Immediately. Did my weight change? It's, Absolutely not. I gained ten pounds because I was doing a ton of squats <laughs> at the time and I had to yeah. buy new pants. But like My blood pressure went down. So I care about health, not about size. That's the thing I had to learn is like, I care about health, not about size.
0: You know, what was really great though, JB is like, what I felt like through the process is there wasn't really any moments where you felt tied to like a certain size goal. Because I think very early on, we started to establish this theme around being a resident in your body. And we started to establish what performance looks like for you. And that extended to not only just athletic uh, performance, but also cognitive, also your sleep performance, also how you're showing up in your family, like all of these really beautiful things that kind of make all the, you know, cool JB parts. I love that about you. And I love that about working with you because it's not something that a whole lot of people share. And I feel like it takes a tremendous amount of work. And a tremendous amount of fortitude to get to that point where you're like, you know what, this isn't really about my need to change my body, but rather like how I feel in my body, which, again, speaks to how can I be a resident in my body, man. So I don't think that I've said those words to you, but dude, I appreciate that. I love it, man. (laughs) That's what makes you special.
1: So, well, that was that reframing of all of it because so stress and shame. So, I, I do some research on this. Uh, I did this, some of this for my master's program and got a little busy, so I'm not keeping up. But you, you asked me at least quarterly, Hey, man, how's that thing?
0: I know. The how's paper's out man? there.
1: We can link to it. Uh, and there's some stuff on my website. But basically, about uh, shame and fat shame specifically, but shame is shame. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, that the link between shame and cortisol and stress and cortisol production. Yeah. And the link between cortisol and inflammation. So like half the stuff that we said was BMI related is cortisol related. And yeah. you gain weight and also just size whenever it, it's inflammation, cortisol is inflammation, right? We know that mm-hmm. that's basically yeah. just like the enemy of all things. Yeah. So like if you're at work and you're like, I got to get stressed out so that I can get more stuff done. I got to set an unrealistic <laughs> goal. If you don't do that, you'll be healthier and you'll do probably more because you won't have, you'll be a healthier But that's the thing is like, you have to have somebody come alongside you and be like, you have to draw this boundary. That was who Desi was for me. You sure. Yeah. It's going to suck for everybody around you. And you feel like you're holding up the whole, but you have to draw this boundary and then figure out what you can handle. and so drawing those boundaries, you get to say like, this is an acceptable amount of work for me. And then Mm -hmm. whenever you're not stressed the whole time, you're like, Oh, cool. I can actually knock out like three more things. And then I'm going to hit the gym because that's what I do at this time every day because it's a routine. And then you're Mm -hmm. at the gym feeling good about your work day and good about your body. And so you get endorphins. You don't Mm -hmm. get, and look, cortisol also, that's a drug, you know, like my therapist all the time is like, you you getting back on those cortisol hits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, geez. You know, he'll start talking to me like I'm a meth addict, Uh, but cortisol And so, and that's what it is. Cortisol is like, you know, Adderall or whatever. And so uh, it triggers those fight or flight metrics. And so if you go to the gym and do the endorphin route instead, Hey, this is fun. I like, and not like I got to do these because I got to be a certain size, but like, I'm going to go to the gym and use the machine that makes me happy. Yeah. And then you're happy. And then if you want to, you know, if you want something else, like figure out a way, you know, like what's the way that you can make your goals and your values and your story sort of align. Mm-hmm. And so if you can do that with your, you know, like, I want to be healthier. Well, like go to sleep. Your cortisol yes. is going to be less. You're going to, you know, it, and it, it, you know, who cares what weight you end up being in the end, but it's also fun yeah. when you lose all that inflammation and you've gained like 15 pounds lifting weights or whatever. And somebody's like, oh my God, you've lost a ton of weight. You can look at them and be like, oh, i gained 15 pounds no. actually. It's so yeah. kind of, you kind of blow it. They'd be like, oh no, I'm like way healthier. Yeah, you're
0: right. I'm like, like oh no, 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 Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, huge yeah. Right <laughs> well, I mean, the whole process has really JB been a bunch of pivots on your end, and and again, be, having that front row seat, what I thought was really great about our process, and this is most people don't understand the link between sleep, exercise, nutrition, mental well being. Like they don't understand that. It, it's, yeah, and cre- exactly, and creativity, well, but, right? And, and that's the thing is like, I'm performance, if you will. Yeah. Exactly. So the second that I saw that, like my brain
1: power, like my creativity could be better. Like I could produce mm-hmm. better creative work if I was more physically healthy. That was when you linked that for me, I was like, yeah, all right, well now we have
0: to. Which is crazy because like now <laughs> there's kind of this new wave, uh, especially in the hip hop community of artists being sober, right? Isaiah mm-hmm. Rashad, Kendrick. So like it's, it's having people start to explore like Danny Brown, same thing. Like having people start to explore like what it means to actually throw yourself into creativity and how that stems into how you spend your time and who you spend your time with. Oh, for Which sure. is so fucking cliche. Like, people might think like, oh, well, duh, Desi. Listen, if you don't have very good people surrounding you and you're also not taking care of yourself, like, you have a formula for fucking disaster. Really, really right. quick. If you're not feeling it already.
1: <laughs> well, and it's just, I mean, it goes into like, even like, are you hanging out with people? All right. Well, that's not. You're not creating. You know, like, are you choosing endorphins or cortisol in this moment? Like, you have to have that balance and health everywhere. Every and like, look, cortisol is great, but you got to save it. You got to save it up for like. It has its role. Yes. Yeah. When you see a bear, (laughs) let's get that hit. Let's roll. You know, let's (laughs) climb that tree. Let's identify. You know, grizzly bear, climb the tree. Black bear, fall down. Protect. You know, like let's. Or whatever it is. If you're
0: uh, if you're in a fucking rec league uh, on skates uh, in fort worth on a saturday in a double header and uh
1: you need some cortisol defenseman
0: is coming at you you uh you just fall to the ground act act yes. like you're dead <laughs> oh
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yo last week a guy who was five even i swear to you was trying to fight me i'm not like punching me slashing me and i was just like i you're mad at me because you skated into me and fell over why do you think <laughs> you're gonna get new results i was like he i wish you know and i didn't even get mad at him i just thought like i wonder what's going on at home, yeah. man. I hope. I hope he's getting a release out here.
0: How loving of an wild. individual do you have to be to be in the thralls of competition? And something like that happens, and just be thinking about the other person. JV, no, you're that better dude, than me. That dude flashed to me,
1: and I had that thought, and then I was like, <laughs> "Man, this is this great." Is going you know, like home. draw some boundaries. <laughs> it really is like I don't know. It's a whole thing.
0: Well, I mean, so if we look at the <clears throat> trajectory of. Not only just at the beginning, our coaching relationship, and then what that stemmed into is what we found is the more that you took care of yourself, the more that you can throw yourself into your creative endeavors because the foundation was already laid, right? And mind you, like there was no perfection in that process. There were times where you were like, you know what? I need a little break. I'm going to go do that and I'll be right back. And I really loved and resonated with that. Uh, I like to call them my Dennis Rodman moments. Like, listen, man, sometimes. (laughs) I just want to fucking party. <laughs> I'm gonna go smoke cigars with my boys in I'll, Vegas I'll be, for a minute. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. I just want to party. 48 hours. You out, know what's right? fun is if,
1: like you're super healthy. You can sign up. Like you can reach out to the people in your life, and you can sort of set those up in advance, and then pretend like you're having a Dennis Rodman moment, but really yeah. everybody's already like got the babysitting handled for you, so that you can go like smoke yeah. cigars with your friends and watch yeah. punk dance <laughs> But you could be like, I'm out of here. This is dumb. and Hit the road. Yeah. And everybody's like, he said he was going to do that last week just so that we wouldn't get mad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just let everyone yeah, that's yeah. on the email thread, JV's good. He'll be right back.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's cool. It's like wrestling. We wrote it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I think like looking back, there's been these like moments of pivoting for you. And I think what has been really fantastic is over the course of our time working together, you know, almost two years, man, I. Crazy. Probably a, a little bit more than that. Is it three dude? Is I think it's been three. I think it's... 2020 it's, or 2021? I think it's 2020. Yeah, October, 2020. That's when the, it was October 2020. Yeah, that's when the, the squats happened because we uh, had our, our strength conditioning coach doing Squat-tober. live workouts for us. Squats. Oh my God. Squats over was nasty. Uh, was anyway, ben. but what, what was really great about What's your up? process is like over the first two years, It was about how you're spending your time. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. what has been really cool this last year is you've thrown yourself into some really cool and creative endeavors that are looking at what I would refer to as marginalized groups in this case. Right. Because I think when we look at the topic of fat phobia, it's not something that people want to talk about, because let's be honest, a lot of people who might hear this podcast, I hope our community are, are checking some of your, your privilege to a larger extent uh, are very fat phobic. And JB, you've gotten into an endeavor that I think is super interesting that I would love to pick your brain on from the standpoint of what started this process. What are you finding out and where's that going?
1: I, so I think early on you would sort of challenge me to like, you been asked me about my story and you kind of said, so you have been an athlete. And I was always like, I don't know. Like, no, no, no. And you kind of read back, like, climb mountains, you know, like, playing hockey, like, you know, this and that. And was, so, yeah, yes. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, you're running off and on. It's like, oh, why don't you run? I always get hurt. Okay, well, what if we did it gingerly, you know? And so, you like, you got yeah. me going on that.
0: What if we took care of yourself? I don't know.
1: Recover. Yeah, what if we got some knee <laughs> braces?
0: What if we only did it once a week? Yeah. What if we took a walk? Yeah. What
1: if we got some ice? Uh, and I realized, like, oh, I love running. And then, yeah, what, being out there, I kept running into, like... People is treating me bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember, uh, and this seems fine. Like, he probably thought he was helping me, but a guy like smoking a cigar stopped me. And he was like telling me about how I got to hydrate and I got to be careful. And I was like, I need to not be next to your cigar. Cause it's hundred degrees. Yeah. I need to not be, I'm a roll. How much you yeah, not I
0: know I blow this in my face right now? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know,
1: people kind of, I, I ran into this thing. I was trying to figure out like a way to sort of, look at uh i wanted to look at speed according to weight because i was just curious like how fast 300 pound people run 10ks yeah there's so much hate (laughs) people just being like they should just lose weight to become a runner and it's like (laughs) bro i ran a hundred miles last month
0: and i'm 100
1: i'm 300 pounds i was 300 pounds when i started like would the if I could have ran more, I would have. I just have kids and a job. Like, what's the, yeah, you know, it's I like this, this idea that's just like you have to get in shape before you're welcome in these communities. So I started doing some research. I, w- I was in a communications program. I'm a I'm a storyteller for professionally, and I was getting my master's in the um, science and communications, which is like a research based program. And so I started looking at the data around shame communications and mm-hmm. um, health, the health community, and it's just like. We cannot expect fat people to get healthier while treating them poorly. We cannot expect fat people to have better health outcomes while discouraging them from visiting the doctor. We cannot expect fat people to engage in physical activity and group physical activity, which is super good for you. If we make them Mm -hmm. feel bad when they show up to the gym, we cannot treat You know, like, no, of course, fat people have worse outcomes health-wise if they have to treat obesity before they're allowed to treat cancer or even screen for it. That's real. People die of cancer because they're fat bodies. And so, like, I started looking into this stuff, and it's just like, okay, well, is being fat wrong? And then I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Even if it is, this is ineffective. I was like, all right, even if being fat is the most unhealthy thing and the most expensive (laughs) thing for our healthcare system, this is not the right – like, this is just – statistically ineffective as a creating cortisol we know like i just i looked at all the research around like or not all of it but as much as i could you know a bunch of research around cortisol production and um I, i got an advisor who works on diabetes communication in um like the arkansas mississippi deltas which is close to my i have a lot of family in the arkansas mississippi deltas who have diabetes and so it's just basically trying to, like, get rid of amputation rates and stuff. So how do we do that? We yeah. make it less shameful to talk about. Does that mean fewer people have diabetes? No, that means more people probably actually get tested for diabetes. Now we're going to see it go up. So fewer the rates amputations, go up, though. yeah. Yeah, fewer amputations. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, does it suck that everybody still has diabetes? Sure. Do you think it's wrong? Some people do. Do those feet still mm-hmm. exist? Fantastic. <laughs> so, like, yeah. if we were nice to them, their feet stay on, right? So be nice to fat people. Just literally, yeah. if you are wondering, like, how can I make fat people healthier? Just be nice. Even if you believe that it's wrong to be fat, be nice to them. They're going to have better health outcomes. Now, mm-hmm. if you're out there for fat because you're like, well, it's wrong to be a different size, then fuck you. But yeah. if you're out there for health, <laughs> if you're out there for health,
0: double time. <laughs> you, like, there's nothing
1: wrong with wanting to, like, change your body composition. But if you want to change your body composition to meet some sort of shame requirement, that's not healthy. And so you, can, yeah, you can say that you want to change your body composition to meet some sort of health requirement or like physical requirement, but if it's not a healthy approach, you cannot say that you were interested in health at that point, right? Agreed. And so then I did Agreed. some more research and I was like, okay, cool. So we looked into, like, is it wrong to be, is it unhealthy to be fat? There's some incredible data out there where uh, it, it shows that really respiratory fitness is the only real reliable metric for like health, right? And so people who are in larger bodies, fat people, people with higher BMIs, who exercise regularly. I'm talking about walk. I'm talking about people who, no matter what size you are, if you engage in activity that raises your heart rate, right? So this is not like people who run five miles. This is people who, whatever is relative to their ability, push themselves to some degree, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: To get into that like 60% of like your, you know, cardiorespiratory sort of range. Yeah. These people have better health outcomes than small, like small low BMI people who exercise less or not at all, Mm -hmm. you know? And then like, whenever you, uh, adjust for like some of these like comorbidities and shame factors that we bring in some of that research, these people are actually like pretty healthy, (laughs) like way Mm healthy. And then when you factor in the fact that we use BMI as a part of, uh, calculating, uh, the cardio, you know, what's the cardio respiratory fitness like that, you know, what's VO two max Since BMI is a part of like the quick version of calculating that, most people mm-hmm. have their weight used as part of their cardio respiratory fitness. Fat doesn't need oxygen. You don't store well, <laughs> you store fat, you don't actively mine. And so like the yeah. fact that my cardio respiratory fitness, because Apple uses that BMI <laughs> to calculate it is low. Yeah. It's actually above average because like a lot of my stuff, is, I'm a camel. You yeah. know, like there's camels don't have high BMI. I mean, they have high BMI or whatever, but like the camels have high cardio respiratory fitness because they have a ton of fat that they can burn while they're running in the heat. Like, there's a reason I could do yeah. 10Ks in 100 degree heat in Texas. It's I can cut because, not in spite mm. of being fat, it's because I can create more energy, I can create more water, and I can grease those joints.
0: <laughs> you know what's really great about that? Even as you're talking about it, um, I'm sure, I don't know if we talked about this, but I'm sure you came across this. So, uh, John Jones, recent MMA, uh, UFC heavyweight, uh, he took a couple years to essentially Gain 25 to 30 pounds to get into that heavyweight realm yeah. and one of his coaches his conditioning coach was asking him uh because john was you know visibly uncomfortable with where he's gone you know light heavyweight where he had a freaking eight pack and now he doesn't and his coach had asked him he's like do you want to win championships or do you want to have abs <laughs> and after that after that question he was like all right well duh i want to win championships yeah. he had asked him, he's like, who's the most conditioned heavyweight that you know? And he was like, Cain Velasquez. Like, he didn't even think yeah. about it twice. And if you look at Cain Velasquez, he's, J. B., He's probably your size. Like, he's, he's a large individual. And I feel like what is really nice right now, and even if you look at Tyson Fury, who is a heavyweight boxer, you know, champion right. of the world, a big man. What is really great about now, especially now that World Health Org has, looked at the BMI and were like, all right, maybe we should stop measuring everyone based off of a study done on white men. Right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. P.S. Like, <laughs> yeah, does it apply yes. to black women at all? Does it apply to black women right. at all? Like zero. You know, like, does it apply to Latin women at all? None. Does it apply to women? Like barely. <laughs> yeah. Like, does, it, does the BMI work for thin white women? Nah, kind of not. You know what I mean? Like it's built yeah. to not. And also that changed it from the original. Like it's already was made by like a guy who's not a doctor. He's like a psychologist, I think. It was yeah. made by him, and then like it was something. He's a mathematician. Like,
0: He's a mathematician. Yeah,
1: math- <laughs> was it like ninety seven <laughs> or like two thousand three that they were like? There was all the articles like everyone woke up, the world woke up eighty percent fatter to the day just because they changed yeah. the BMI number. They were like, "Hey, yeah. we need to lower obesity in America. How do we do that? Change the number." They just make people feel worse. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't it, work. It doesn't. It does. Yeah, diet culture has so, not worked.
0: It, it hasn't. And what I think is also really interesting about this, and even as it pertains to your story too, is like you were in this information gathering mode. And I think as you continue JB to research, I feel like it kind of lit a fire under your ass a little bit more of like, well, what else can I do? Because you're yeah. definitely right. When we first started, it was like, man, like I always get hurt. Like, I'm not going to run. It's, you know, it's fucking hot and humid out. Like, when am I going to yeah. go do that? And then like, there was this kind of like maturation as you became more equipped with information. And I think for any of us who have ever dove into something that interests us, the more that you research, the more that you figure out that you know nothing uh because the people who claim to know everything are actually the people who are not doing research at all right so <laughs> Do i think no what's research. been really
1: was interesting
0: publication
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: right <laughs> <laughs> dude that's that's the line of 2020 and oh, 2020 my gosh, yeah, I, know. I feel bad telling yeah. people that
1: i'm a researcher it's like
0: <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> not that kind <laughs> i'm not exactly
0: racist. right <laughs> so I think like kind of looking back, like it was really cool to see your process. And like, for me, what I examined just on my side, observing that spawned you to not only challenge some of the norms around like how we treat that individuals, but also like pushed you to go run, to go play hockey, to go lift, to go do things that were in the moment, an invitation for you to be a resident in your body. And I think JB, that was, that was just like so cool to see, man. Oh yeah. When I got off the
1: ice for the, I hadn't played hockey for 16 years. I played growing up. And when I got off the, you know, finally after living in Dallas for a year, Dallas is an incredible hockey city. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. Fort Worth, Texas, you don't think of as a hockey city, but like the Will Rogers arena, the first sports they played there, where they do the livestock sale, like where I grew up selling cattle. The first sport played there was hockey (laughs) in like the sixties or something. Anyway. So uh, finally I was like eating brunch next to a hockey store and I was like, all right, I'm going to sign up. And I did. And I played and I like, I scored goals and like got assists and like put in some hits and like I had fun. And uh, yeah. like I busted my tailbone and was at the rink the next day just skating <laughs> yeah. through pain because I could not. Yeah. And it's just like, talk about great for your blood pressure too. Uh, hockey will, cl- it's like a Dremel tool for your veins. It'll just, yeah. <laughs> but the thing that I realized with all these people out there, I play with old people, young people, fat people, skinny people. I played everybody, you know, hockey has always I've had girls on every single team I've played on ever in my life. You know what I mean? Like I just mm-hmm. love hockey is like, to me, it seems not accessible, but if you give it a shot, like it's such an accessible sport because everyone wants you to be good yeah. to play. And so, but finding an a supportive environment that lets you be physical in a way that makes you feel joyful to be in your body. It does not matter if you power mm-hmm. lift, if you run seven mile, like if there is something that you can do that raises your your blood, you know, your heart rate and make, you know, that is not like just smoking cigarettes and taking Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my Apple Who watch is like, you do it great. i be like, I'm not working out. I'm sitting in a chair. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like, you're doing some high intensity work right now. Do you want to log this? Like, Oh my yeah. God, no, I'm just yeah. sitting
1: here. <laughs> Apple watch cigarette. Uh, so yeah. but if you can find that thing um, and do it not to be the best, Or, I mean, if that's what drives you, like, go have fun, but like, go have fun. And uh, it's amazing what it does for your, just the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like, are you a creative person? It doesn't matter if you put a record out, engage in something fun creatively and like make that space Mm -hmm. for yourself. And then like, let the pieces fall, you know, set values and goals, but like be healthy first, you know, set boundaries and like the sort of like baseline balance expectations for yourself.
0: And like I also think a really good call out here is like super cliche but it's very true especially in my observations so it's true for me um like health is in the in the eye of the beholder yeah. like I think that we all know and if you don't I think some self-awareness exercises are great for you to start exploring I keep listening to episodes if you want to understand what that means so I feel like you know, when you're stepping into a, a season in your life or an encounter in your life where you're healthy. Like, I think we all know that. Like, we're showing up as the healthiest version of ourselves. We may not know the details of what that looks like, but I think for a lot of us, hopefully, we've had those moments where it's like, okay, like, I feel good about where I'm at here for whatever reason that is. Yeah. And I think what's really fantastic about that is like, if you have someone to, not only just hold you accountable, but to hold space for all of your shit, like all parts of you, you get some really great feedback on what it means for you to to show up as the healthiest version of yourself. And I feel like yeah. in a lot of our conversations, we were able to be really honest with one another.
1: Yo, see, so you made this thing for me, which like I laugh about <laughs> because I had done this for like, and I've done this for you and I've done this for businesses yeah. for a long time, but you basically made your version of it for me, like my authentic living. Yeah. Yeah, Basically like what is the story? And basically we wrote down Mm -hmm. three stories. Like what is the story that you tell yourself about who you want to be, you know? And then it's like, okay, how does that look? What does that story look like in the lived version? You know, like what's the fiction story and what's the news story? Like what actually happened? You know, like today at three, a man completed all of his email work and didn't put any of it off. And then he went for a walk, you know, like that's the the most, my most like, or like today at three, a man made a lot of excuses for himself because he had a lot of ideas. He wasn't going to execute on it. You know, ultimately like that's not my authentic story. And so we wrote these down. Like what are the patterns that I fall into whenever I'm telling these other stories? And that way I can, instead of like getting to the end of the story and realizing that I like I fucked up. I'm realizing like, oh no, this isn't the part, you know, this isn't where I wanted this to go today. (laughs) You know, like I'm I'm starting to go off the rails. Like this isn't, you know. And so um, I think like really, really spending time asking yourself like, who, like, what are my values and who do I want to be when I'm showing up? And, you know, a lot of people are like an influencer. It's like, no, like what? We were talking about this the other day, like people who are like, What's up? It's day 35 of like, whatever, like, be good today. And it's like, What's the thing? What do you got? Who are you? What do you encourage? Like, that, thank you for that, DJ Khaled. But like, we already got (laughs) DJ Khaled. You're like, Bless up. Cool. What's next? Yeah. And, uh, and like, what is that for you? Like, what do you want to be? Like, all right, if it's an influencer, Mm -hmm. ultimately, like, great, great story. Super exciting. (laughs) But like, what kind, like, how are you going to actually help people? Not with your content. How are you actually going to help? That's not, you know, Specifically, what do you want to be? How are you going to live into yourself? And then, and then you can like work on what does that story look like and how do I tell it, you know, how do I ultimately yeah. tell it?
0: You know, what's funny about that is cause I think we found this on accident. Maybe we kind of went this route because of who you are and your profession as a professional storyteller, but like what was really great about that exercise is I was asking you to truly examine like, okay. We have all these lofty goals that we want, but we've never actually really talked about them. What I'm more interested in is how do you want to interact day to day? Like, what does success look like? And I think what was great about that is it gave us a really good formula Mm -hmm. with really, JB, I mean, who you are today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that formula helped me realize that like, you know, and you would would do this with me all the time because I have so many lofty ideas, you know, like... I take bipolar medication there. I get ideas, yeah. baby. Woo, Let's go. Um, but if I don't care, take care of myself, I don't finish any of those ideas and also spin completely out and annoy everyone yeah. in my life. Uh, so like, a th- you know, I keep, you know, I have all these ideas. But one thing you help me do is like, okay, what are you doing right now? Like what's the goal right now? You know, mm-hmm. cause I would come up with these ideas and we'd make these lists and Plans And then it's like, well, what ha- you know, I'm going to make a record because I want to be a musician. And then it's like, all right. So we make these ideas and plans like why didn't it happen? Well, because I'm not a musician. No, why didn't it happen? Well, because I was actually mm-hmm. selling, you know, music to this other person. And it wasn't my record, but I was like making music every day this month. It's like, OK, great. Mm-hmm. So maybe the goal is like in this moment where you're trying to put your wife through college, you can just make music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you selling it? Fantastic. You yeah. know, or like maybe the goal is, is, is the doing, uh, and yeah, I don't know. So that was part of like figuring out that authentic, like, what are the actions? I guess.
0: Yeah. What are those practices? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of in this season right now where like, yeah, like your, your wife is doing some really phenomenal things and, you're at a point now in your life where you're able to throw yourself into creative endeavors. You're able to throw yourself into what feels good. How do I be resonant in my body? So, like, I think you know this. Like, I don't try to program any sort of questions with guests. Like, I really love it to be an organic conversation. But the one question that I do love asking, and I'm going to ask you the same question, JB, as we come to a close here, is obviously, this is the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. So, have you made it? And if not, what is making it look like for you? Which I'm super interested in because it, it, it's been a while since you graduated. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wh- where are you at now? Uh, so
1: like, have I made it? Will I ever make it? No. Yeah. Right. That's sort of like the, you know, I always have another thing I want to do. But when I was yeah. growing up, I always wanted to be. A, I mean, besides like a firefighter and an airplane, like an Air Force pilot and like a superhero, yeah. I always wanted to be a dad. I always wanted to be a writer and I always wanted uh-huh. to be a rock star <laughs> Um, and I'm not a rock star, but I, I am a, uh, you know, I work enough I to put selling music. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to put it on. I don't make a ton of money, but I, I work enough to put it on my tax return and for like people to invite me to play at things regularly yeah. um yeah. i have never been paid to do a thing besides storytelling since i graduated from uh, building seawalls in high school ever since that mm-hmm. last seawall job it's been all storytelling whether that be through songwriting through marketing through video production through academic research and writing through newspaper magazine right you know like I've, I've always been a writer and i've got two kids who I've started putting playing games with him on my to-do list because I had lost sight of, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to check everything off. And it's like, dude, you always wanted to be a dad. So I am a working writer, a working musician and a father. I have made it, you know, I have. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, I, it's the balance, you know? Yeah. It's just like building that in. Like, how do you balance your, your, uh, your physical, your emotional, your social and your creative, you know, life. Yeah. And, and when you can find that, you know, it's easier to find that when you know what your goals are and when you can find that it's easier to see that your goals are, are that you know, attainable. They're there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, like I said, this has been a long time coming. Uh, I, I wanted the opportunity to to tell your story cause I feel selfish just keeping it to myself. So you know what I mean? Like I feel super selfish because no, yeah. not, not only do I want to tell your, not only do I want to tell your story, but I also want to remind people out there that from the standpoint of performance, I think it's extremely special if you can get to a place where you can recognize some of the areas of progression that you would like to go down and, and be okay with some of the failures that happen throughout yeah. the process. And I think JB, what has been really great is. Once again, I get that front row seat of, of kind of seeing what that maturation looks like. So, you know, moving ahead, you know, how can our community here inside of the Can't Believe family, you know, how can we support you? What sort of things you got going on? I'm I'm still very, very interested to see how this, uh, I mean, what are we calling it here? The, the the fat athlete? Like, what what are we calling it?
1: Oh, so I've got a domain, um, heavyweighttrackstar.com. I don't know if it actually links to my us to my uh writing at the current moment but lettersclark.com is like where i do my portfolio where i uh i think i have a link to my research there as well but i'll i'll uh have that sorted out at lettersclark.com if anybody uh it. goes there from here we'll put that and in also yeah i kind of want to tag what you were saying just a second ago this is just something that you brought home to me through like action through you know not necessarily through like express like pounding over my head but just through. And, and it's this thing, is like you're very interested in, like, what is the high performance look like? What is the goal? Like, how can we turn this into a thing? You know, are you trying to yeah. make money for you? How can I, like, let's, why are we talking about yeah. it? Why don't, uh, yeah, yeah. Are you trying to get in shape? Like, okay, great. Are you, you know, like, are you going to quit smoking? Like, it's to quit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of this sort of like goal. But the one thing that you do is like, no matter what your goals are, like, you, you're really like, what are your values? And are you doing that? Right. And so, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. A lot of times they'd be like, well, I'm not going to hit this big lofty goal that I set for myself. So fuck it. Let's burn it down. And one thing that you got me really into is like just creating habits around this. Like, yeah, fine. Whatever. You didn't get that short story published last week. It's a great short story. Like go write, keep writing, like keep writing. Just don't, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and that's the thing is like, are you, are you writer? Well, do you write today? Like, are you interested in health? Like, do you, are you going to be a high performer? Like, well, are you performing today? You know,
0: yeah, and did you perform yeah.
1: yesterday and tomorrow? Because, like, maybe today you're not, but like, are you yeah. performing five days a week? You know, let's well, Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, Read it. Well, I mean, JB, we'll uh, I don't go away just yet because I want to connect with you a little bit more after we're done here. But man, uh, like I said, I'm super excited. Yeah, I selfishly wanted to keep your story all to myself, but I couldn't <laughs> because I think it's a really great stark reminder of like what beautiful things can happen. If you align your behaviors with your values and vice versa, and yeah, that part, that part, I'm here for, man. So, congratulations! I am super excited to continue to see your process. We'll make sure that we put all of JB's information in the show notes so that you can go over there, give him some support. Um, remember the name JB Clark. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Appreciate you, dude. Love you too.